The Green Industrial Revolution Radio is an original podcast from String. Could you introduce yourself? <laughs> of course. So, my name is Sujin Kim. Sujin Kim is the deputy head of the OECD division in charge of cities, urban policies, and sustainable development. And yes, sustainable development. Together with her team of economists and policy analysts, she supports governments at all levels in shaping more sustainable, more resilient, and more inclusive cities around the world. On top of that, Sujin Kim steers several policy networks, such as the OECD Working Party on Urban Policies, the OECD Roundtable of Mayors and Ministers, and the OECD Program on Smart Cities and Inclusive Growth. In other words, she's the kind of superwoman you would travel all the way from Northern Europe to the OECD headquarters in Paris to speak with. I'm sorry, the phone number that I, I had, I can't get through to her. Can you help me? So? Yeah, my name is Victor. Soiten. That's what Victor Soiten did. Yes, Victor Soiten, our host of this little podcast you're listening to right now. Looking for Sujin Kim. Okay, perfect. All right, thank you. Welcome to the Green Industrial Revolution Radio, the podcast that tells the story of the building of the String Mega Region. What will Northern Europe live off in the future? If you look at the question, this is really to know what can strength do to shape a better future. It's so important that we see the, the opportunities in building a common identity in our part of the world, the Northern Europe. Our chance to make a difference is to do something. The main focus on strength today is not only on sustainable infrastructure, but also on green growth. This is why we are here. So now I've passed through security and I'm waiting for Sujin Kim. I'm standing at the OECD headquarters. It looks very official. Hi Sujin. No, no, no. I'm on I'm on the microphone. I'm not on the phone. <laughs> Hi, thank you so much for meeting me. Thank you so much. Okay, great. Okay. So, welcome to the OECD. This is the conference. The OECD stands for the Organization for Economic Cooperation and Development. In the OECD, we are generally between three and four thousand people. Wow. How many countries are in the OECD? Thirty-eight. Thirty-eight. Yes, at the moment, and you've got five more. The OECD produces data evidence and guidelines to help governments at all levels in improving lives for people through better policies in a number of themes, ranging from economic development to education, to science and technology, and in our case, the string mega region, urban and regional development. And that's why Victor is here. And this is why I am here, because uh, String, the organization that I work for, have worked with you to produce this report that Uh, outlines a strategy for building the String Mega Region as a green hub in the wake of COVID-19. We'll get back to this report later. But for now, well, enjoy the interview. And that has already already been some years, and now we're reloading this strategy to uh, to, to to move forward on this uh, project. Sometimes when I go to talk to people, I say that we are across the borders of Germany, Denmark, Sweden and Norway, a mega region 
And it sounds very cool, but people don't necessarily always know what that encompasses. Could you tell me what is a mega region? Sure. The concept of a mega region is trying to offer an alternative to a mega city in the sense that the individual cities and territories that compose the mega region do not necessarily merge into a single urban agglomeration like a mega city would. So these individual parts would still remain distinct from each other, but they would develop a number of linkages and partnerships and ties that would still bring them together within a sort of uh, consolidated entity. It can be physical transport infrastructure, it can be economic relationships, it can be cultural or historical values, a number of both material and immaterial things that bring these territories together. So the concept of a mega region is in the making, it's a bit more immaterial, it can be soft, and it does not necessarily require a government, for example, or a formal governance structure. Uh, but it's really translating the willingness of different people and territories to be together and to do something together. And why does it make sense to work across borders uh, for economic development in Northern Europe? So when you take cities and regions individually in Northern Europe, uh, I think they are relatively small on an international scale. For example, if you take just the demographic size of cities and, and regions in Northern Europe, you will rarely find something that goes beyond one million people, for example. Uh, and if you take them together, though, you can very easily reach a, a critical mass. So, for example, in the case of the string network, if you take the five cities and eight regions together, you will reach around 14 million people, I think, which really gives you already a much different critical mass and it kind of makes you transfer from one league to the other. And the main advantages of, of uh, joining forces in a mega region like this one is uh, what economists will call economies of scale or the agglomeration benefits, the positive things that come out of the fact that you agglomerate, that you come together. So when people, firms, talents come together and they are in close proximity to each other, they will learn from each other, they will stimulate each other, they will get new ideas um, so that the group actually collectively achieves and, and produces more than the sum of its parts. So you actually produce and generate innovation and better results than if you were acting on your own. So this is why I think in terms of uh, the, the rationale for a mega region in Northern Europe, where cities and regions individually are relatively small, there is a big benefit to achieve in terms of coming together, sharing ideas, pooling resources together. And our mega region has this specific aim to become a green hub. Um, and this is because we have similar traits that binds us together in some sort, that we are advancing towards the green transition, maybe faster than elsewhere in the world. And we are trying to make this into our common trademark, 
to sort of speed up this development. So could you tell me a little bit more about what is a green hub? So if you start with the word hub, I think in a dictionary you would find it defined as the center of something. And initially, I think it was the center of a wheel, something that holds the wheel together and makes the whole wheel roll and, and go further. So this is why, for me, the idea of the green hub has both this inward and the outward dimensions. The inward dimension is uh, having this concentration of green solutions, green infrastructure, green technologies, green jobs. So this is the inward aspect. The outward aspect is that having this concentration at the, at the center makes the entire wheel roll and go further than you would if you were on your own. And so it has spillover effects across all your neighboring uh, territories. The benefits of this concentration of green solutions would spread further away. You can export these solutions. You can disseminate the knowledge and the benefits coming from the, the concentration. So this is my conception of, of a, a green hub. That was a very eloquent definition, I would say. It's beautiful. Um, Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> um, when you looked into the case of the string uh, mega region and you were forming this OECD strategy that we're now working from uh, to a large extent, what were the reasons that you figured that the Green Hub would be the best strategy for economic development uh, in Northern Europe in particular? Well, it's precisely what you were saying earlier is that in Northern Europe, you will find a lot of the leaders and pioneers of green solutions. Each individual member of String, if we take that as an example, has a sort of leading technology or a leading solution or a competitive edge on different aspects of the green transition. So it can be hydrogen, it can be wind energy, but also clusters of, I don't know, life sciences or nanotechnology. And uh, they are transitioning to a net zero future probably a bit faster than other parts of the world. And so if Northern Europe does not lead this green transition, then who will, if you look at the rest of the world? And in a context of climate change, climate emergency, loss of biodiversity and all those threats that are looming ahead, I think Northern Europe almost has a duty to the world to accelerate this transition, to share the technologies and the different solutions that it might have come up with, and to join forces to do that. This is why we proposed this vision of a, of a green hub to Northern Europe, and we certainly hope that it will become a reality. And this is why the OECD is particularly happy to continue to work with the String Network to help implement this vision. If not in Northern Europe, then where? I like exactly. that little tagline. I, I really yes. enjoy that. <laughs> the director for the hydrogen industry organization in Denmark, he had a debate earlier on this year where he said, 
we are challenged by the fact that authoritarian regimes are moving ahead way faster than us. We are not subsidizing or picking the winners. We are not subsidizing the technologies that we know works because we're waiting for either democratic uh, decision processes or we're waiting for the market to sort of see who will emerge out of these green technologies to save the world. And he felt that this was not quickly enough, both in terms of global competition, but also in terms of the climate threat that we are all presented with. What are your thoughts on this? Uh, do you think that a, a place like us, like Northern Europe, where you have slow decision processes, and, and now we're working across the borders of four countries, do, do you see, how do you see this uh, as a premise for development of the Green Hub in Northern Europe? So, For me, the, the main challenge that might stand in the way of implementing the vision of a green hub in Northern Europe is more the internal fragmentation and the competition that might take place within the mega region itself, the duplication of efforts, the fact that resources might be scattered And the fact that uh, the, a common vision might take some time indeed to emerge, but also uh, the time that it might take to engage all the stakeholders who need to be on board. But in terms of the economic competitive advantages, I think uh, investors or talents who might be looking for a place to advance this green transition are not only looking for purely economic considerations like um, the return on investment or the cost of land or um, availability of uh, adequate labor or skill sets or things like that. This is, of course, an important element in investment decisions. But I think people are also looking for broader factors that have more to do with maybe quality of life the availability of good schools, hospitals, cultural amenities, and also a distinct sense of place. You know, this is why there is this movement about placemaking in, in many cities and, and regions in the OECD area. Uh, I think people do appreciate to have both a diverse and a cohesive community. Another tagline, uh, the place to live, work and invest if you're interested or invested in the green transition. Uh, it's, it's, a, it's a very interesting discussion. I have a friend, he's, a, he's an African descent, but he, he, he's British. Mm -hmm. And he was moving away from Britain because of Brexit. Basically, he was a mm -hmm. Brexit refugee, he calls himself. And he said, south of, uh, he doesn't feel welcome south of Germany. <laughs> That's sad. And, and <laughs> yeah, exactly. And north of Stockholm is just, you know, that's the polar circle. And oh. so so he was he, he he made like a list of possible places where he would like to live. He ended up in Copenhagen, it might as well be anywhere else in, in Northern Europe. Mm -hmm. And he works in user experience design of uh charging infrastructure for, for cars. Mm -hmm. So it's a very actual case example of uh, of how you say that inclusion Uh, costs of uh, sorry quality of living plays into how uh, where money and, and work uh, workforce are 
directed towards. It's a very interesting concept. Um, you said you mentioned that we have competition uh, as a as a limiting factor. It could be. It could be an obstacle. Yeah. Well, how would you go about that uh, now that I have the job to tell the investment promotion agencies in string that they should start working together and compete outside of uh, Northern Europe instead of competing inside of Northern Europe. How would you support me in my argumentation? This is precisely the object of our new project and our new collaboration with String. So definitely people should stay tuned. But as a teaser, I would say that when you go into a collaboration, you don't necessarily lose something to get something. What I mean is that you, you go into a collaboration because you think that there will be this will be not a, a, a zero-sum game, but you will collectively achieve more than you would be able to do it on your own. So I think in, in terms of this uh, green investment initiative of String, there are things that I hope a green uh, investor or um, people interested in, in the green transition in Northern Europe uh, would be able to gain uh, by joining forces with their neighbors and they would be able to, to reach a broader audience, be it clients or workers or um, yeah, other people uh, more effectively, more efficiently than they would be able to do uh, on their own. But for sure, that's going to be a key question to investigate in this uh, second OECD project with String. And this is also the reason why we have decided to organize a specific event with uh, investment agencies. I'm very much looking forward to this event. So And am thank I. you so much for taking your time to let me into your offices. It's sure. been uh, it's been quite uh, an experience already, and uh, look very much forward to keep working with you. And uh, yeah, thank see you, you for soon. coming. <laughs> see you soon, indeed. Stay tuned. Yeah, stay tuned, because as promised, here are the highlights from the report. Building the String Mega Region as a green hub in the wake of COVID-19. The report, which guides the future of the String Mega Region. On one of the very first pages of the report, there are 13 signatures. 13 names from highly influential people from different regions of String. Vegard Andersen, City of Oslo. Michaela Valtersson. Region Halland. Hestop Andersen. Capital Region of Anne Denmark. Beate Twinnerheim. Viken County. Johan Sonnesson. Region Skåne. Heino Knudsen. Region Sealand. Region Vestre Jotland. Andreas Schönström. Axel Josefsson. City of Gothenburg. City of Copenhagen. Stephanie Lusen. Klaus Christian Klausen. Region of Southland of Schleswig-Holstein. All these people commit to building a sustainable future for all. They strive to implement the OCD recommendations and monitor the progress around three key domains on a regular basis. These three domains are using sustainable transport infrastructure to reach climate goals and create a connected, accessible mega-region, positioning String as a global green hub, and finally, building a cohesive 
and inclusive megaregion. However, there's always a but. In this case, challenges. The report highlights these as weaknesses to overcome. First, lack of efficient transport infrastructure between the various countries. Secondly, the report states that there's discrepancies in fiscal and regulatory frameworks. Differences in fiscal and regulatory frameworks across the four countries can restrain or complicate collaboration on key issues, such as transport and energy efficiency. And lastly, the report states that there's a narrow focus on national, regional, or local priorities. The report was published in 2020, and since then, people across the mega region have worked to fulfill its vision. A vision of a future where electric trains and hydrogen-fueled trucks traverse the region, connecting people and goods efficiently with minimal carbon emissions. String aims to achieve this by electrifying fuel cell freight traffic and capitalizing on the Fairmont Belt fixed link, a groundbreaking infrastructure project set to reduce transport bottlenecks significantly. Locally, String is also striving to harmonize ticketing across borders and extend rail lines to smaller cities. We have the technical solutions, trains that could run the whole way from Hamburg right the way to Oslo without any problem at all, right? That exists. The problem is, is the will and the finance to manage to make that happen and then also to make far-sighted organizational decisions to make sure that the fleet of trains... This is John Worth, an independent railway commentator. Yeah, independent railway commentator. That's a thing. Well, John Worth will return in one of the following podcast episodes because he's been traveling all of Europe by train. And he isn't completely satisfied, to say the least. So, what's up next in the podcast? Well, the next episode is a short story about the history of the OECD. Following that episode will be a full-length episode where Victor Seuton will hone in on the Feynman belt. And now, the credits. Interview editorial decisions, Victor Seuton from String. The episode was written by Anna Skulberg. Sound design and editing by Kasper Müller. Assistant editing, Mikkel Juhl. Speak, Karen Pali Inserset. That's me. The Green Industrial Revolution Radio is an original podcast from String, produced by Hear Hear. What to do now that this episode is over? Well, here's three free suggestions. You could visit the show notes for links. You could subscribe to the podcast, because we got really nice episodes in the pipeline. And last, you could choose to enjoy your day. Until next time.